Well, hey there, it's Adam Shaw, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. Now, in the last episode of our sermon podcast, as we started off the new year, I challenged you to chase after God with everything that you have in 2020. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about what that looks like. But I'll go ahead and give you a little hint. When you're chasing after God with everything that you have, it's not about what's on the outside. It's about how God is changing you on the inside. So let's go ahead and listen to this episode's sermon. Time together by talking about New Year's resolutions. And everybody sitting in this room, whether you make resolutions or not, you all know what the most popular New Year's resolutions are each year. Every year, millions of Americans resolve to eat healthier, to lose weight, or to exercise more. Now, I don't know if you're the type of person who makes these kind of resolutions or if you made health-related resolutions this year or not. But as we get started this morning, I want you to pretend that you did. I want you to pretend for a few moments that you resolved this year to exercise more. And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the most popular form of exercise in the United States is walking. So we're going to make the assumption this morning that walking is going to be your preferred method of exercise this year. Okay, so just so we're all on the same page, we're going to pretend like we've all made a resolution that we're going to exercise more in 2020, and we're going to do that by walking. So here's what I want you to think about. If you resolve to exercise more, to walk more in 2020, what are you going to do to achieve that goal? What is the first step you're going to take to walk more this year? Now, that seems like a pretty easy question to answer because the logical thing to do if you resolve to exercise more, to walk more, would be to put on a comfortable pair of shoes, to head out your front door, and to go for a walk. But that's not the way that most of us go about New Year's resolutions, right? That's not the way that most of us tend to pursue our New Year's resolutions. When most of us make a New Year's resolution, we dive in head first, go full bore, full tilt to get it done. So if we resolve that we're going to eat healthier in the upcoming year, we're not just going to cut back on dessert the first week of January. That's not what you do when you make a New Year's resolution. If you resolve that you're going to eat healthier this year, the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to hit up the grocery store and you're going to fill the cart down with nothing but healthy foods. You're going to buy broccoli and you're going to buy spinach and you're going to buy peas and you're going to buy kale and you're going to buy so much of that healthy stuff that that the jolly green giant is going to be jealous of what's in your shopping cart. And most of us, we do the exact same thing if we resolve to exercise more in the upcoming year. So before you would ever think about going for a single walk, if you resolve to walk more this year, you're going to go all in on being the best possible walker that you could possibly be. So before you go on that first walk, the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to hit up the shoe store. You're going to hit up the shoe store, and you are going to pester that poor teenager that's working behind the register, asking them a thousand different questions so that you can figure out what the best possible shoe is to wear when you go for a walk. And once you have tried on every brand of shoe that they have in stock in the store, well, then you might finally pick out the pair that you're going to put on when you first go for a walk. And you're not going to quit with a new pair of shoes either. 
The next thing that you're going to do is you're going to go to the athletic wear section at Target or Walmart. Or if you're really serious about exercising more, you might hit up a sporting goods store like Dick's or Academy Sports. And you're going to buy a brand new wardrobe so that you can go for a walk in whatever weather conditions there are. So you're going to go out and you're going to buy some of those moisture-wicking t-shirts to keep you dry while you're walking in the summer. And you're going to pick up a couple of hoodies to keep you warm if you're walking in the winter. You're going to have to buy some long pants and some short shorts and maybe a pair of compression pants just to make sure that you stay extra warm on those really cold days. And then on top of that, you're going to need to buy a baseball cap to keep the sweat out of your eyes when you're walking in the summer. And you're going to need to get a toboggan so that you can keep your ears warm when you're walking in the winter. And don't forget that when you're walking in the winter, you also need to have a nice pair of gloves. And if you walk or exercise like I do, where you like to use your phone to listen to music or whatever, those gloves have to have the special touchscreen tips on the end of them so that you can still use your phone while you're walking, even on the coldest of days. And then you're going to need to get some sort of fitness tracker so that you can keep up with every step you take and every move that you make for the coming year. And then, once you are loaded down with all of this gear, you might finally be ready to take your first walk. All you have to do is check the weather forecast and figure out what you're going to need to wear. And since it's been unseasonably warm this week, you might end up wearing one of those moisture-wicking t-shirts, a pair of shorts, that new baseball cap, and sneakers you just bought. And with all that gear on, with all that gear on, it's going to look like you're ready to take a walk. With all that gear on, it's going to look like you're serious about exercising this year. With all that gear on, it's going to look like you're going to keep your New Year's resolution. But here's something else that we all know about New Year's resolutions. We don't do a great job of keeping them. So even with all of that New Year's new gear on, even though you look like you're ready to go for the longest walk in the history of walks, looks can be deceiving. And that's because you can have a pair of brand new shoes that were specifically designed to walk for miles. And you can have on clothes that are going to keep you comfortable no matter what the weather conditions are outside. And you can have a fitness tracker that costs more than a lot of brand new computers. But all of those things, they only make it look like you're going to walk. None of those things, from the shoes to the shirts to the pants to the hats, the fitness trackers, none of those things actually make you walk. So you can look like a serious athlete and never get off your couch. So what you really need to accomplish your goal of walking more in 2020 isn't a brand new wardrobe. What you really need is the determination to get out and actually go for a walk. What you really need is the motivation to do it even when you really don't want to get off the couch. What you need to keep that resolution of exercising more in the new year is the dedication to keep going out and walking day after day and week after week, no matter what. Or to put it another way for you, if you want to exercise more in 2020, then achieving your goal isn't about what's on the outside, it's about what's on the inside. 
Achieving your goal isn't about what's happening on the outside or what you look like on the outside. It's about what's happening on the inside. And that's not just true for keeping New Year's resolutions. That's also true for what we talked about last Sunday morning. And last Sunday morning, I told you that even though our New Year's resolutions can make our lives better, they don't really make our lives matter. And that's because making our lives better is about improving our lives for ourselves. But making our lives matter is about making a difference, the difference that we can make in the world all around us. And if we want to make a difference, if we really want our lives to matter, then there's only one thing. There's only one thing that can be the main thing in our lives this year. And in Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus tells us exactly what has to be the main thing in our lives when he says, Seek first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus tells us, if you want your life to matter, then God has to be the main thing in our lives. If we want our lives to matter, then God has to be the main thing in our lives. But for a lot of us, for a lot of us, when we think about how we can make God the main thing in our lives, we fall into the same trap that we fall into when we make a decision to exercise more for a New Year's resolution. When we decide that we want to make God the main thing in our lives, we tend to think about what we need to do on the outside first. So when we get serious about seeking God first and foremost in our lives, a lot of us get concerned about making sure that we look the part on the outside. So when we make that decision, that we're going to seek God first and foremost, we're tempted to do things like go out and buy a brand new Bible. And when we buy a brand new Bible, we can't just get any old Bible. We want to have a Bible that has all the bells and whistles with it. We want to pick up a new Bible that has study notes and a comprehensive concordance at the end. We want to pick out a Bible that's got geographical maps and character profiles of all the main people we find and encounter in the Bible. When we buy a new Bible, we want to have commentaries and footnotes inside of it. And when we get all of that stuff crammed into one book, it ends up weighing more than a bowling ball. But we want to carry it with us anyway so that we look the part of a Christian. And we don't stop when it comes to Bibles either. We want more than just Bibles when we decide that we're going to seek God first and foremost in our lives. We want more. Like, we like to have little reminders of God all around us, all the time, so, so that we remember that we want God to be first and foremost in our lives. So when we decide that we're going to seek God first, we're going to go out and we're going to buy, like, a whole bunch of Christian t-shirts with some fancy, clever slogan on the front. Or we're going to go out and we're going to pick up some throw pillows with our favorite Bible verses cross-stitched into them. Or we're going to hang wall calendars in our house or in our office or wherever with daily devotionals printed on them. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many Bibles you have or how much Christian merchandise you own. None of those things make you any better at seeking God first and foremost. None of those things actually keep Jesus. It's the main thing in your life. And Jesus tells us so much in the passage of Scripture that we're going to be reading this morning. So let me encourage you to go ahead and grab your Bible. 
Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And as you're finding, let me just remind you about the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew is one of four biographies that we have about Jesus' life in the New Testament. So the book of Matthew is going to tell us about Jesus' birth. It's going to tell us about his ministry. It's going to tell us about his life, his death, his resurrection. And it also is going to record for us Jesus' teaching. And that's what we're going to be looking at again this morning. We're going to be looking at a portion of Jesus' longest recorded sermon, something that we typically refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to touch on a whole lot of different areas in our lives. But at the beginning of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us a warning about how we live out our faith. So let's start reading together in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, and listen for Jesus' warning for us. Here's what Jesus says. Be careful. Be careful that you don't practice your religion in front of people to draw their attention. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Whenever you give to the poor... Don't blow your trumpet as the hypocrites in the synagogues do and in the streets so that they may get praise from people. I assure you, that's the only reward they're going to get. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that you may give to the poor in secret. Your father sees what you do in secret and he'll reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Because they love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corner so that people will see them. But I assure you, that's the only reward they're going to get. But when you pray, go to your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is present in that secret place. Your Father who sees what you do in secret will reward you for it. So when you pray, don't pour out a flood of empty words as the Gentiles do. Because they think that by saying many words, they'll be heard. Don't be like them. Because your Father knows what you need before you ask. So in this passage, Jesus is warning us about only looking like we're following God. And let's be honest here this morning. It really isn't that hard to look like you're following God. The truth of the matter is, if you do everything that Jesus tells you not to do in this passage of Scripture, you're going to convince a whole lot of people that you're really following God. If you stand up in church and you make a big deal about dropping money in the offering plate, then people are going to think that you're a generous giver who is following God. Or if when you go out to lunch this afternoon, you pray a big, long, elaborate prayer before your food comes to the table, then the people sitting in the restaurant around you, they're going to think that you were following God. But there's a difference between looking like you're a Christian and actually following God. There's a difference between looking like you're a Christian and actually following God. And following God, it's not about what you see on the outside. It's about what God is doing to you on the inside. And that's really the way that you know if you're seeking God or not. Because here's the truth. Anybody can carry a Bible. Anybody can put on a Christian t-shirt. 
Anybody can have throw pillows with Bible verses cross-stitched into them laying on their living room couches. But if you're really seeking God, then God is changing on the inside. The Apostle Paul, who is the foremost missionary and theologian of the first century, he tells us what it's like when God is changing us on the inside in a letter that he writes to the followers of Jesus in the ancient city of Galatia. Paul tells us that God will produce fruit in us when we are really following him. And when you think about it, Paul's metaphor, it makes perfect sense. Because we all know that if you have an apple tree, it's going to grow apples. And if you have an orange tree, then it's going to produce oranges. So if we are seeking God, then we will produce godly fruit in our lives. And Paul tells us what that fruit is like in Galatians 5, and 23, when he writes, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you're really seeking Jesus, if Jesus is really the main thing in your life, then you're going to produce that kind of fruit. You're going to produce real fruit in your life for Him. You're not going to be focused on having a new Bible that has all the bells and whistles in it. You're going to be more loving and joyful and kind instead. If you're really seeking Jesus, then you're not going to be focused in on what logos you can have on your cool new t-shirts or what needlepoint you're going to hang up in your walls. You're going to be more patient and more faithful and more gentle. So if you want to make Jesus the main thing in your life this year, if you want to seek Jesus first and foremost in your life, then you can't worry about what that looks like on the outside. Instead, you have to focus in on what God is doing to you on the inside. So if you want your life to matter, if you want God to be the main thing in your life this year, then you've got to ask God to change you. You have to ask God to help you produce these fruits. You have to ask God to help you be more loving and to be more joyful. You have to ask God to help you become more peaceful and more patient. You have to ask God to help you become kinder and a better person. You have to ask God to help you become more faithful and more gentle. You have to ask God to help you with your self-control. And when you see that kind of fruit growing in your life, when you see that kind of fruit showing in you and through you, that's when you're going to know. That's when you're going to know that you're not just trying to look like you're a Christian, but you're really seeking Christ. So ask God not to change you on the outside. Ask God to change you on the inside. Ask God to produce His fruit in your life. And let there be no doubt that God is the main thing in your lives. By the way that you live, by the fruit that you produce, by the difference that you can make for God in this world. Let's pray together.
God, you know this time of year when we are still trying to keep New Year's resolutions, that when we make these kind of resolutions, we go all in on them. We're going to eat healthy. We're going to eat as healthy as anyone ever have has. If we're going to exercise, we're going to look like the greatest athlete in the history of the world. So when we talk about making you the main thing in our lives this year, you know that we're tempted to just focus in on what that looks like on the outside. But God, you're not concerned about what it looks like on the outside for us to follow you. You're concerned about what you're doing on the inside. So God, my prayer for everyone who can hear my voice right now is that you are growing your fruit in us. Help us to be more loving and joyful. Help us to be more patient and kind. Help us to be more humble and have better self-control. Help us to grow your fruit in our lives. And leave no doubt in our minds that we are really seeking you when we see this fruit grow. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's Adam again, and thank you for listening to this episode of our sermon podcast. And as you've listened, I hope that you've learned that you can't just look the part if you really want to seek God first and foremost in your life. Because it's easy to just try to look like a Christian, but it's hard to really seek God. But it's also worth it, because God will produce His fruit in your life when you make Him the main thing in your life. Now in our next episode, we're going to continue to talk about what it looks like to make God the main thing in our life, how we can chase after God with everything that we have. So we hope to have you back here with us next week when that episode drops. And that episode will drop next Sunday afternoon, and if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And while you're in that app right now, let me ask you to do us a favor. Leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Your reviews mean a lot to us, and they can help get the word out about these sermons in this podcast. Now, I'll be praying for you this week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.